So God, tonight we pray, Holy Spirit, would you anoint these stammering lips? Would you anoint our ears to hear? Would you use this platform that we have been given, Lord, tonight? Oh, Father, we just pray that your name would be glorified through the preaching of your word. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles there at home, if you turn tonight to Matthew chapter 24, we've been looking uh, over the past number of weeks, quite a number of weeks now, uh, at this subject, all these things must come to pass. I believe the Lord is preparing us, is speaking to us, forewarned us of the days that we have now entered. And we know from Scripture that we are living in the last days, last Sunday night we were able to look at the beginning of sorrows, an indication of the last moments of time that Christ is coming and the indications of his coming are all around us according to the word of God. And tonight I want to continue on in this theme. I believe it's very important that we know the days we're in. Uh, If you're here listening tonight and you're not saved and you're listening to this live stream, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will speak and that you, you will have ears to hear and you'll have understanding that you'll be able to see the days that we've come to. And in that knowledge of, of knowing the time we're in, it's time that, that we're ready, that we get ready to meet the Lord. And so tonight all these things must come to pass. And just the subtitle of that is, Be ye also ready. Be ye also ready. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to read from verse 35. Jesus I said these words, Matthew chapter 24. Sorry, I'll take it from verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, this is a period of time, the, the, the period of time of the tribulation, so you know, is, is, the, is a period of time just prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church, a time of great turmoil, a, a, a time of great distress that will come upon the earth, a time of where, where we'll see many things as we looked at it last week that will take place, that there will be uh, famines and pestilence and earthquakes and many things, iniquity, sin will, will increase, the love of many will wax cold and the gospel will be preached in all the earth and we know that we're living in those times, we're coming into that period of time and so the Bible says, Jesus speaking his words immediately after this period, this tribulation of those days, the Bible says the sun shall be tur- shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man, that is Jesus, coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ coming in the clouds It tells us of heaven with power and great glory. We see a a manifestation of the majesty, the glory, and the display of his awesome power as the stars will fall, as Christ appears, and and we see that that all of those in the earth will witness this coming. And it says, He shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together the elect, that's those that are saved, everyone that's born of the Spirit, everyone that has given their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. They shall gather the elect from the four winds, from one end of the heaven even to the other. Now learn the parable of the fig tree, which his branches yet tender and put forth leaves, yet ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise, 
When you shall see all these things, when these events begin to unfold, know that it is near, it is even at the door. In other words, Jesus is saying, when all these things begin to develop what you're currently seeing all around us that's happening in our day, in our generation, then Jesus says, know that it is near. The event, the the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is even at the door. He is near. It is about to happen. It is about to take place. If you can see this, if you can understand this, if if you can understand what's happening in the world and see the signs and the indications of the second coming of Christ, Jesus says, when you see these things, know that it is very near. It is even at the door that Christ is at the door. That, that it is that near that, 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 that a someone would even stand at your front door tonight. That's how close it is to the second coming of the Lord. The door is about to open. Christ is about to come. There's an urgency in what the Lord is saying. And then he says in verse 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Everything that he has said will come to pass. It is true. This Book is true. This is the living word of God, infallible and earnest word of God. Every word that he said will come to pass. But of that day then, he speaks of his day, the unexpected coming of Christ. But of that day and the hour knoweth no man. Nobody knows the exact time. No man can tell you the exact day. We see the signs or the indications, but we don't know the exact time. Not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Only the Father knows that time. Here we see Christ speaking in his humanity, knowing that he is that he is part of that triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is eternal and all-knowing, but as, as, as a human being in flesh, he is revealing to us that at that time only the Father is aware of that particular moment. But then he says in verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days they were that were before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, and they were given a marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Now he's using an Old Testament account of Noah and the ark, a, a true story of when God once flooded the earth and brought judgment upon it, a man called Noah. A real man that lived and walked this earth, that under the instruction of God and by faith, he built an ark to the saving of his family. And as his family and the animals were brought into that ark and God would bring a judgment upon the earth. Here again, Jesus refers to that time to liken it to the days in which he would come. It tells us here that they knew not until the flood came. They did not realize until the judgment fell that it was forever too late. And so it's important not to leave it until it is too late. You cannot play games with God and with your soul. And so it tells us here, So also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 40, Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Jesus says, watch. In other words, he's speaking to be awakened. For ye know not what are your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known on which watch the thief would come, if you knew at what time the thief would attack your home, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Likewise, therefore, be ye also ready. 
Be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, and in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man is coming. And I want to just bring your attention to this tonight. Be ye also ready. All these things are coming to pass, but are you ready to meet the Lord? Here Paul gives us a summary account in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 of the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this, If you follow this with me for a moment, writing to the church at Corinth, this is what he says. 1 Corinthians 15 and 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ, Jesus Christ, died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of about 500 brethren at the one time, the, 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 the record is true of the resurrection of Jesus, of whom the greater part remain to this present, but some have already fallen asleep or died. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. So we see here the death of the Lord, the burial of the Lord, the resurrection of the Lord, and that Christ was seen of up to 500 brethren, even at the one time. He's seen of the disciples and his followers, the resurrected Christ who overcame the grave, who gave his life as a ransom for all the world. He defeated death, he defeated sin, he defeated the, the devil himself, and he rose triumphant. And he appeared in those 40 days to his, to his followers, the disciples, and at one time up to 500 people. The Bible tells us then, that after that period of time and that time that he appeared in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, we read the account that the Lord brought his followers out to the Mount of Olives just outside Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, he began to share some things, some final instructions with his followers, those disciples. And then in Acts 1 and chapter 9, it says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they, they looked steadfastly toward heaven as the Lord went up, two men stood by them in white apparel, two angels of the Lord, which also said to those followers that were gathered there, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? So as they see the Lord ascend into glory, they said, this same Jesus, the one that you have seen, the resurrected Christ, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, we have just read the account in Matthew of the Lord telling us of his second coming. And now these angels confirm this in Acts chapter 1, telling the followers of Christ, this same Jesus that you have just witnessed ascend into heaven, which is taken up, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now the Lord has promised us that he will come again. The word of God tells us in several scriptures of the, and teaches us of the second coming of the Lord. Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, then tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16, 
For the Lord himself, you remember that the angel said to the disciples, this same Jesus. Now Paul writes to the church and says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And then it says, And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, we are to comfort one another with these words. So we see the ascension of Christ after his death, his burial, his glorious resurrection. And as he appeared unto his followers and those disciples and up to 500, we then read in Scripture the account given to us in the book of Acts, his ascension into heaven and the declaration of the angels confirming the word that Christ had already spoken in Matthew chapter 24, that this same Jesus shall come again. Paul tells us then, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. So we have here in scripture, the ascension of Christ and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have two fixed points in time, the coming, the the, the ascension of the Lord and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have probably passed nearly about 2,000 years now since the Lord ascended. And now we are approaching the indications of the prophecies of Matthew chapter 24 as we see the signs of the coming of the Lord. We are rapidly approaching and coming near, even it is at the door of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Peter tells us in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, and this is important, Because some might say, well, why is there a delay in the Lord coming? But I want to tell you, the world might call it a delay, but the Bible calls it another wonderful word, another wonderful attribute attribute of the Lord, that the Lord is long-suffering. In other words, that the Lord is patiently waiting. The Lord is holding back his judgment because he's not willing that any would perish he wants you to be saved. He wants you to come in like that, like they entered into the ark. He wants you to come to Christ and be saved because when he comes again, it's forever too late for you, friend. And so Second Peter 3 and 8 says, But beloved, do not be ignorant of this one thing, not one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So in real terms, if we look at it, We've had 2,000 years since the ascension of Christ. In the eyes of the Lord, not that he's bound by time, what what Peter's trying to display to us and help us understand, 2,000 years to the Lord is like two days. It's like he'd gone two days ago. And the reason he's extended time and his long-suffering and in his mercy is that men would be saved, that people would come to the knowledge of Christ and be saved from the judgment that's coming. And beyond the judgment that's appointed on the man wants to die. After this, the judgment of God. Beyond the judgment, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And so it tells us here, the Lord's not slack. He's not slack concerning his promise. As some men would count slackness. But it is long-suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He does not want one person 
to be lost. He wants all men to come to repentance. And his long suffering is extending time. Time itself that you would be saved. That you would come and give your life to Jesus. It's his long suffering. He's not delayed. Brothers and sisters, in the sense that he that he's not going to be slack concerning his word, but his word will be fulfilled, but it's God's long suffering. He's waiting for you to get right with him. He's waiting for you to get saved. He's patiently waiting. What a God we serve. But know this: what you call a delay, and what many may mock and say, we've heard this for years. This is actually the long suffering of God. The patience of God longing for people to be saved. But here's the warning that it tells us in 1 Peter 2 and verse 10. But the day of the Lord, this is what Peter says. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. But know this, the day of the Lord is coming. Don't count it as though God has forgotten his promise or he will not fulfill his word. But God is coming. Jesus is coming soon. The second coming of the Lord is very near. Even it's at the door. I doubt if there's one person. There might be, but I doubt if there's one person listening to this live stream tonight that does not know that Jesus Christ died for them, that he is God's son, that he came into the world to die, to give his life for them, to save them, to cleanse them from sin, to cleanse them from a place, to deliver them from a place called hell, to bring them to heaven with them someday. I doubt if there's one person does not know of the great love of God, that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But yet tonight you're still not saved. I tell you, friends, God is long-suffering. He's long-suffering. What will it take? What will it take for you to give your life to Jesus? What will it take for you to bow the knee and say, God, save me? What will it take? What will it take with all the signs around us and all, all the things that are happening for you to say, Lord, would you save me? The mercy of God before it's too late, friend. It's time to be ready. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 6, we looked at it last week. Jesus said, Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. It's the beginning of sorrows. Men are already saying, I've heard it on our televisions, I've heard it on the radio, I've heard it over the internet. Men and leaders of these worlds, of these governments are already saying we're coming back stronger. We're coming back wealthier. We're coming back better. better. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3, For when they shall say peace and safety, when they shall boast in what they're about to do, the Bible says, then sudden destruction will come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Be careful when you hear of men boasting of how they're going to come back, how nations are coming back bigger, better, stronger, wealthier. I want to tell you, friends, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction will come. We know that we're living in such an awesome hour and an awesome day, but the Bible has already warned us of these days. 
God has already revealed to us through the scripture. If you're willing to look, you'll find the truth that is in the word of God. And truth will make you free. Truth is a person. That person is Jesus. We read of a time that will come. And I believe we're on the edge of this. In Revelation chapter 18, you'll read there of a place, of a, of a city called Babylon. And Babylon in Scripture, some believe this is a literal city. But I personally, I can see it as an end time, a collective world system that will suddenly collapse in the last moments of time. Revelation chapter 18, it tells us, For in one hour so great riches has come to nothing. In other words, men's riches will literally in an hour, in a short space of time, will suddenly be worth nothing. What you have in your bank account will mean nothing. What you have under your under your mattress will mean nothing. What you have stacked away in stocks or, or in gold or in oil, whatever you have it in, in a moment all will become nothing. Babylon's system, this worldly system will suddenly cease. It will crumble to nothing. We read that in Revelation chapter 18. There'll be a cry that will go up when they see the smoke of the destruction of this Babylonian, this world-governing system. What city is like unto this great city as they see it all crumble? It'll crumble in an hour. Everything will be gone. We're trusting in riches. If we're trusting in wealth. If we're trusting in the things and material possessions. In an hour, it's all gone. We see that the scripture teaches us in Revelation concerning these days. That Babylonian system is an antichrist world. It is against the Lord. Behind it there is a dragon. That dragon is Satan himself. The Bible tells us this in Revelation 13. Speaking of a beast that comes up out of the sea. And you might say, well I don't understand what that means. That, that means nothing to me. And sometimes it is difficult to grasp what it means. Even the best of scholars will disagree. But friends, this beast comes out of the nations of the world. The sea is always a type of the people. The Bible itself reveals that to us. And what rises up is an antichrist world, a world that's against Christ. And behind that, there is the dragon that gives us power to this beast. And this beast is antichrist in itself. They make war with the saints of God. And all those that dwell on the earth in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8 says that all those that dwell upon the earth shall worship this beast whose names are not written in the last book of life slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. If you're saved tonight and your name's in the last book of life, we have nothing to fear of the days in which we're in. Christ is coming and coming soon. But we see this beast is rising. Could I tell you, friends, this is not something that's a, a few thousand years down the line. This is happening today. The rise of this Babylonian world has been rising rapidly in this generation. We see here that there will be a, an onslaught in these days against the church of Jesus Christ and all those that dwell upon the earth will begin to worship this Antichrist system. They'll worship it. The Bible says in verse 9, and, and this is a this is something very important. If any man has an ear, let him hear. In other words, if you're listening tonight and you're not saved, the Bible's saying, have you got an ear? Not just this ear, but the ear in your heart that you're hearing and you understand the times in which we're living. We see another beast that rises alongside this. And this is important, this beast, because it had two horns like a lamb, but it spake like a dragon. In other words, this is deception. 
It deceives people in the last days. There's a deception that rises with this spirit. And eventually what happens is there's a collapse. And that's what we're heading towards. Revelation 13, it tells us this in verse 16. He causes all, both the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save he that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, 666. And you might think, well, that seems so... That seems like a scientific movie. Is that real? Is that? Can I tell you something, friends? We are on the edge of a collapse already. Those who are in the, the whole financial system and the experts are saying that after this period of time, the whole economies of the world are going to have to be readjusted, just like after the Second World War. There's going to be a massive readjustment. And I want to tell you, friends, you might be thinking, a chip, that seems a, a bit far-fetched. Maybe it was when we were kids when there was no mobile phones, there was no technology like we had today. But we are on the edge. We are on the edge of the coming of the Lord for His church. And we are on the edge for an antichrist world. Deception will be the primary, the primary focus of this last day. The signs are there, but what will happen within that is the spirit that is behind all of this. Is deception because the devil knows his time is short. Jesus is coming. Deception will be primary. False Christ, false religion, false prophets. I've already heard in the last few weeks people saying there was such and such as prophesied concerning this virus that's going to be here and then it'll go away and then it's going to come back again. Can I tell you something? There's false prophets. There's false prophets. There's false teachers. They're inspired by demonic forces. They will deceive people. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and 24, For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and they will show great signs and wonders, that if it were possible they shall deceive even the elect of God. Listen to me tonight, friend. There's deception everywhere. They might even come across it, though, that some of the things that they've said has come true. That's deception. That is what deception is. They will appear as an angel of light. They will appear to be true, but actually they're false. You know, if you were driving your car, it's often happened to many of us. You come to a junction in the road. You see ahead of us that the road is closed. Follow the diversion. And you begin to follow those yellow signs. And you get to another junction. And then it'll send you to the right. And then you go down that way. You're trying to get to your destination. But what happens on that path if you come along and someone has changed the arrow and sent you a different way, that's deception. It's deception to send you another way that you end up lost. False teachers, false Christs in the last days, false religions. The world will be a lie, will be full of false religions and false prophets and false teachers. That's the day we've come to. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's a way tonight, and that is a person, that is Jesus. A young lad said to Brendan myself a couple of weeks ago, well, I just see it as a big mountain, and there's all these paths and all these different religions, but at the end, it all ends up with God. We all end up going to God. Friends, what a lie, what a deception. There's one way to God, that's through Jesus Christ and Him alone. Every other deception, whether it's the Muslim faith or Buddhist or Hare Krishna or the spiritualist or the atheist, whatever it may be, they're all, they're all false religions, false teachings to deceive man. And there's a spirit behind them. Jesus said there will be false Christs and false prophets. 
This is what Paul writes concerning that Antichrist and his system. In 2 Thessalonians 2 and 9, he says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, it is the work of Satan to deceive you. It is the work of Satan, even with all power and signs and land wonders, there will be a supernatural display, even of deception in the last in the last days. And with all deceivableness, listen, of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because this is why, this is how you'll be deceived. Because they receive not the truth of the love that they might be saved. You've heard the gospel. You've been told you need to be saved. Whether it be a neighbor or a friend or a family member or a Sunday school teacher. Or you sat in meetings and gospel meetings week in and week out. You've heard the need to be saved. But you receive not the love of the truth. You rejected truth. You rejected Jesus. Then that means you're primed to be deceived. That's what the Bible says. You actually rejected the truth of the gospel. Have you rejected? I don't believe if you're listening to this tonight that you've rejected the truth. I believe you're genuinely interested to know the truth. The truth makes you free. The Bible tells us here if you reject the truth, even though many times you've heard the truth, you've heard the need to get saved, that Christ is the answer, that he died for you on the cross, that he shed his blood to save you and to cleanse you from sin, that you must repent, that you must give your life to the Lord, you must be born again. And yet time and time again, maybe sometimes you've come close, but fear has drawn you away. But friends, I want to tell you, it's too late. It's too late tonight to play any more games. Tonight you must get saved. You must get right with God. Bible says here in strong language for this cause God shall send them a strong delusion that they'll believe the lie I don't know when that happens I'm not God but when you keep rejecting the truth of God's word when you keep rejecting Jesus when you keep rejecting the, 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 the cry and the call to come and get saved and get right with God there comes a point because you will reject the truth that God will give you a strong delusion that you'll believe a lie. There's two deceptions in this world tonight. One we've already looked at. It's the deception that man will bring false teachers, false Christ, false prophets. Jesus teaches us that. Also in the epistles we're continually warned of deception. But there's another deception, I believe. This deception, this deception is one of the most lethal, but very rarely talked about. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, John the Apostle says these words, If we say that we have no sin, here's a deception that is so lethal, so damning. We deceive, this is what the Bible says, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Self-deception. You deceive yourself. We say... Now we have no sin. In other words, what we're saying is, well, I don't need to be saved. I don't need to come to Christ. I don't need to give my life to Jesus. I, I can just live whatever way I want. I'm just going to enjoy what I want to do. I, I don't need to give myself to Christ. I'm not lost. I, I'm not a sinner. I, well, I'm not as bad as other people. What that is is self-deception. You've deceived yourself. And that's a serious deception. And the truth is not in us. 
There are many today that have been deceived and also have been deceived by themselves. They deny the need to be saved. I'll be okay. I can die and it's going to be all right. I don't need to give my life to Christ. That is a deception. You're deceiving yourself. You need to be saved. This deception now is right for years. And in this period of time, as time runs out, the intensification is increasing. This is not a trial run. This is not a blip. This is not a warm-up. This is not an indicator. We are running straight in to the finale of time. Remember our reading tonight in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of the day and the hour knoweth no man, nor the angels in heaven, but my Father only. And he says these words. It's coming to close in a few minutes. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the Son coming, the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, just before the judgment, just like today, just before the judgment, they ate, they, they drank, they were marrying, given a marriage, life carried on. Then one day, Noah, Noah entered the ark. One day, I believe Noah and his family is a type of all those that are saved. They will enter in. They will meet the Lord in the air. Not until then did they realize it was too late. Not until then did deception, the deception that they were living in, did, it, did they come to understand, I've lived a lie. Not until then, when Noah entered into the ark and the door was shut, they heard the message from Noah to come in and be saved, but they refused. Why? Because they deceived themselves. No man's without excuse tonight. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Jesus said these words, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. That's what exactly what it will be like. You heard the gospel. You've heard your need to be saved. You know you're a sinner. You know you need to go right with God. You've delayed it. You've, you've pushed it away. You've been frightened. You've been fearful. Sometimes you've been very close. But I want to tell your friend, I believe tonight if you're listening to this and you're not saved, the reason why you're listening to this is because God wants to save you. God's long-suffering towards you. God's merciful towards you. The reason why he hasn't burst through the clouds can I say this? Listen, it's because of you. You know, I've thought for some time just about that door closing. Just think about it for a moment. God shut the door in that ark. Just think for a moment. I thought of it just over this week. I meditated on it. Just that moment when the door closes. Just a moment of time when Noah and his family are gathered in and God says, Noah, it's time to come. Just when when, when, the, when the trumpet of the Lord will sound and time shall be no more and the gathering of the church from the four corners of the earth by the angels as Christ burst through the clouds, just at that point, the doors closed. Just at that moment when Christ comes in His glory and the stars of heaven have fallen and the sun refuses to shine and the, and the moon and then Christ appears in glory and the dead in Christ rise first, and we which are alive and remain were caught up to meet the Lord in the earth. The doors closed. Just at that moment in time, suddenly you realize 
I've, I've been deceived. I've deceived myself and I've been deceived by others. Just in that moment of time when the door just swings closed, it's forever too late. I wonder, I just wondered, I just thought, I wonder who will be last through the door. I wonder who will be the last man or woman or boy or girl on this planet and from which, from which tribe or which tongue or which religion or, or which background or which color or which creed. I just wonder who the last person in this scene of time from the ascension of Christ to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wondered and I thought there'll be one last person will come through the doorway. One last person will be saved. One last boy or girl, one last man or woman across this world will cry out to the Lord, would you save me and forgive me of my sin? And then at that moment, this is how it's going to happen. Suddenly the skies will open. Suddenly the glories of heaven. Suddenly the sound of the trump of the Lord and the angel of the Lord. And 10,000 of his saints come for the bride. And the dead in Christ rise. And we which are alive and remain. There'll be one last person saved. Just one more. I wonder tonight, is that one last person maybe even listening uh, to this live stream? I don't know. But that's how urgent the message is. Jesus says there'll be two in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. He says, watch. Jesus said, watch. Watch therefore. You don't know what are. Your Lord doth come. But know this. If you, if the good man of the house had known in which or the thief would come, he would have watched. And he wouldn't have suffered his house to be destroyed. Therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man come. I wonder. I wonder because I believe it's urgent. And because I believe that the Lord is coming soon. Maybe tonight. The noonday or maybe tonight. Maybe even midnight tonight. Maybe even before this service is over. But friends, I mean this. The Bible says in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the Lord's coming. I wonder tonight, will you be the last to get saved? I wonder, is there one tonight that maybe in your living room at home tonight and you're listening to this and you know that you've deceived yourself. You've been deceived, but you're also deceiving yourself. Self-deceit is the worst type. But suddenly something in your heart is being warmed by the Holy Spirit. You're being drawn again in His mercy and His long-suffering. God saying, I want to save you. He'll not force you. But He says, come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. The door's about to close. Maybe you're the last one in. Maybe you'll be the last the last to cry out to God, have mercy and save me. And suddenly the Lord will come. But there will be one last one. I don't know when that is, because no man knoweth the hour. But every sign around us and every indication is that you need to be ready. That you need to be ready. Tonight, if you hear his voice, the Bible says he's at the door. Even at the door. Tells us in the scripture Revelation, Jesus speaking, I know it's to the church, but it is a wonderful scripture concerning the last times and the gospel. Behold, he says, I stand at the door and I knock. 
Tonight the Lord's knocking on the heart's door. If you will, if you hear, if you hear, he that has an ear, if you hear tonight, you know God's speaking to you. If you hear tonight, open the door. Ask him to come in. Ask him to forgive you of your sin. Tell him you're sorry. Ask him to save you. And if you mean that in your heart, and you've done that tonight, make sure you go and tell someone else, I've got saved. You could be the last. You could be the last. That's how urgent this message is. You could be the last. Be ye also ready. Father, tonight we pray, give you thanks for the day of grace and the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, tonight I pray if there's one listening to this somewhere, just one. Oh, Father, I pray in your great mercy that you would just soften hearts tonight. Lord, I pray the truth would truly enter in, that light would come, that eyes would be opened, that ears would be unstopped, that you would give understanding, and Lord, that men and women would be saved. Oh, Father, tonight we pray, make us ready. Lord, make us ready for your coming. Oh, we pray, Lord, that the bride would make herself ready. Oh, God, tonight, if there is one, Lord, we just pray, continue to speak. The preacher's voice is silent. We pray that the Spirit of the Lord would continue to speak in the hearts tonight. Lord, save. Oh, God, we pray, would you save souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. If you have made that prayer in your heart, genuinely made that prayer, you want to get saved or you want to speak to us, please contact us in some way, someone from the church, but contact us. Let us know of your need for salvation. And we'll be glad to spend time with you. But let us know tonight. Don't leave it too late. Now is the time. Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening tonight. Amen.